This is the Thunder First Take post-game show, live from Flint, underneath the Cole Court Hotel here at Sheridan in downtown Oklahoma City. Thunder victory! Get the win over the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday night. Oklahoma City gets a 26-point deficit down to a win over the Chicago Bulls, followed closely by this win tonight where they were down by 24 in the third quarter and rallied back against the Memphis Grizzlies with John Morant and Brandon Clark both having outstanding games to find the win column yet again. Brady, two nights in a row where the Thunder get down big to a really bad team. But they find a way to get the victory. It's like they're it's like they're doing this on purpose. Like let's just fall behind for a more dramatic victory to get the fan base excited, right? It's, it's the almost, week it's the week before Christmas. Everybody be happy. Twenty six point deficit on Monday, twenty four tonight against two teams with a combined record of twenty and thirty four. What more could you ask for, Chisholm? Well, consistency <laughs> is where I would start. But if you're a Thunder fan, obviously these are the games that you. You anticipated coming into the year, I assume, Brady, that they would lose. Like, oh, yes. You didn't think this was going to be a game where, okay, the Thunder are down 20, now they're going to do everything they can to claw back and get the victory. Most of us thought they were going to be trying to lose some of these games. Well, maybe not intentionally, but on purpose? I don't know how to hint at that subtly. But we thought these some of these losses were going to be coming almost as a part of the team structure, but Billy Donovan coaching a great game. Dennis Schroeder, I think, had 22 points in the second half of this one. Help the Thunder get back into the victory. Was it the defense? Was it the offense? How did the Thunder able to rally back yet again? Yeah, well, when you're down 20-plus points in the middle of the game, it has to be a little bit of everything, doesn't it? Can't You can't just rely on one thing, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, the Thunder made plays defensively the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. Throughout the fourth quarter, they made plays defensively. Uh, they hit big shots. Guys started to come alive uh, from the floor. Chris Paul, they, it was not necessarily the same performance like he had against Chicago where he was just a walking inferno from beyond the – beyond the three-point line. Sure. But uh, Memphis just allowed him to get into the lane, get to a sweet spot, and if nobody was open, he was, you know, you can give Chris Paul that 10-foot jumper, sure. That's an automatic bucket. But, no, it's it's really incredible because, I mean, you just go down you just go down the box score, you've got two 20-point performances out of Danilo, Shea Gildas-Alexander, which is a welcome sight, Chris Paul, 18 points, Dennis Schroeder continues his... Just absolute tear the last 15, 16 games. 31 points for him on 10 of 19 shooting. Uh, he did have three very bad turnovers in the fourth quarter. We, I'm sure we'll get to that later. But, you know, Chisholm, like 15 games into this, or 15 games, almost 30 games into the season. About third of the way through. We're st- I'm, I'm to the point now where games like the last week when they lost to Sacramento or games like even the Indiana game a few weeks ago, I'm, just, I'm starting to get to a point now where I'm like, Okay, I'm going to start holding the Thunder accountable. They should have won that game. Whereas going into those games, I'm like, yeah, I mean, this season is what it is. Like the whole tanking things out there, you know, building for the future and whatnot. Who's going to be on this roster? Who's not? Now I'm just like, no, the Thunder going into a game like against the Memphis Grizzlies, they should win, and they did. It wasn't really pretty throughout most, but, hey, they got the victory. Yeah, this, this the Thunder are hitting a point now, and I've talked about this a little bit on the air, where it really feels like they're becoming a little predictable. In the way that if you think going into the game, the Thunder are more talented than this team. They win. They, they don't have just a glaring loss up into this year. I know the Sacramento loss was bad, but Sacramento's still a talented team. They, they've still got a lot of veterans and a lot of young guys with promise. That felt like a 50-50 toss-up game. In those games, Thunder are batting about 50%. The upper echelon teams, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, they lose. Outside of the Philadelphia game where they got a surprise victory every other time, They've lost when they're supposed to, they've won when they're supposed to, and they're splitting all the other games. 
I mean, they're a pretty predictable basketball up until this point. And the reason I bring that up, Brady, is because now with these two magnificent comebacks against Chicago uh, Monday night and Memphis tonight, they find themselves with the Phoenix Suns coming into Oklahoma City on Friday. Phoenix, a team that was hot early in the year, but now starts to reel a little bit here towards and kind of go back to the mean that we thought they were going to be coming into the season. This could be three straight victories for Oklahoma City and find themselves at 500. Yeah, and... If you just look at the if you just look at the Western Conference standings, I mean everybody below six. So you're talking about teams like the Thunder, the Kings, the Blazers, the Suns, the Timberwolves. I could I'll probably throw the Spurs in there because I mean the Spurs aren't very good. They're ten and sixteen, just like the the Timberwolves are. But I'll give the Timberwolves a little bit more of an edge. But until I see San Antonio not in the po- the postseason, I'll throw them in that pool of teams. If you just compare the Thunder's roster, their experience, their talent, their athleticism with the rest of those teams. The Thunder, they're they're going to have a lot. They're going to have a lot of excitement moving forward if they can keep this roster. If that's if that's what they decide to do, the seventh seed is not out of the question. And seriously, I I'm just excited. I'm not excited. I'm just surprised that I'm even talking about that. Well, I mean, some of this we talked about this last time on the post game show. New Orleans Pelicans are way worse than people anticipated because Zion Williamson's injury. Golden State, obviously dealing with. All kinds of injuries, as well as being light years ahead of the rest I mean, of the league. Bobby Marks called it last night. He's, I think he tweeted, I've seen like X amount of, you know, I've called M- the NBA games for so long, whatever, been around the NBA for so long. I've seen some bad rosters. New Orleans should not be this bad. Yeah, no, they shouldn't be. And so New Orleans is a team that's way underperforming. Golden State, way underperforming expectations. Then you add the San Antonio Spurs, who are 10 and 16, and the Portland Trailblazers, who are 11 and 16. Those four teams we all thought were going to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Well, with all them, the bottom falling out, suddenly Oklahoma City has thrust themselves into a playoff position. I don't know if Oklahoma City fans expected that. I don't know if Oklahoma City fans necessarily want that. But that's where they find themselves. And again, with another big victory against the Memphis Grizzlies, rallying back from 24 down in the third quarter, an awesome performance, and you mentioned it. Probably the guy that we're going to highlight the most tonight who is outstanding. Brandon was, Clark. Was Brandon Clark. <laughs> was Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder was awesome tonight off the bench. And he has been a spark plug for this team since he arrived from Atlanta. But you and I talked about it before we got on the air, that Dennis's biggest problem in the league and his perception is that he is really good some nights. But some nights he's also absent. He's been streaky. He's been all over the place his whole career and up and down. This is 30 days, 45 days of just really good Dennis Schroeder, yep. which I don't know if we've ever seen this from Dennis. I, I don't know. You, you could get, maybe go back to the year Atlanta won 60 games. I mean, he's coming off the bench. It's that was his rookie of, season too. Somewhat of a similar role, but yeah, a less experienced Dennis Schroeder. But it's weird. It seems like he's fit into this role with this team better than he did last year. And he, and I thought he was a very good player. I mean, some people like before the Paul George, Chris, um, Russell Westbrook trades went down. Some people were talking about like getting rid of Dennis Schroeder, and I was just like, why? Dennis Schroeder helped the Thunder win games, but just like you said, incredibly streaky. He'd have ten games in a row where he be a great six-man caliber type sure. player and then he would be he'd go through 10 game stretches where it's like is he even on the roster what happened to him and that's kind of been Dennis Schroeder's career but I don't know how it's worked it's it's worked fantastically 31 points 10 of 19 like I said uh, 10 of 11 from the free throw line he really iced the game with his free throws late um, whatever is whatever is in the water and Dennis Schroeder's water bottle it's working um, and you got to highlight, you know, just the rest of the bench. I think 52 points combined for the bench. Abdul Nader, 7 points. Nerlens Noel, 10. Darius Baisley, 4 points. Um, I mean, if you're going to be scoring like that at that clip, it's incredible. But 
I think I checked this two or three games ago. Uh, the last twelve or thirteen games, Dennis Schroeder is leading the Thunder in scoring at like twenty-four points per game. Yeah, and you have to go back to I think his second or third year with Atlanta, where he was averaging that clip. So he's playing basically like, if you can call it prime Dennis Schroeder, he's playing like that, and it's it's just amazing that he's doing it with this team with two other primary primary ball handlers as opposed to last year. Yeah, what I will say to that, though, is it's clear that this team is rallying around Dennis right now offensively, and that, that could change up the road, but everyone knows who has the hot hand right now. And you can see it in the fourth quarter of these games where people are looking to Dennis as well as Chris Paul, but this isn't the Chris Paul show in the fourth quarter like it feels like some stretches. Dennis Schroeder is getting those touches. He's getting those clutch moments, and the Thunder are putting him in a position to be successful, and he has been extremely successful so far. All right, Brady, let's go ahead and run down the box score here for the Oklahoma City Thunder and ask for your reaction of kind of what they look like tonight as well as kind of what you've seen from them so far in this season. Danilo Gallinari, 30 minutes, 7 of 15 from the floor, 3 of 7 from the three-point line. 20 points in the starting lineup. He's just a consistent 16 to 24 points every single night. It's yeah. almost like you can just like write that in Sharpie, that you're going to get that from Danilo. Yeah, and probably the the first game in the last four or five games that he's looked like the Danilo Gallinari that we've seen all year. He's had kind of a little bit of a slide in terms of, in terms of his efficiency. I mean, that's that's bound to happen. I asked, I asked Billy Donovan about it, I, I think, before the Chicago game, and he basically reiterated that. Like, I'm not worried about Danilo Gallinari having an off night shooting. Yeah. It's going to happen 82 games. Guys are going to have bad nights. Sure. Um, but when he does have a bad night, like in Denver, when he shot 1 of 13, I think he hit his first shot of that game with like two minutes left in the game. I mean, the Thunder's offense is going to be hard-pressed to find scoring sure. unless Chris Paul, Shea, or Dennis is just on fire. But, yeah, I mean, this is this looked like the first kind of return to form game out of Danilo Gallinari that I've seen in the last week or so. Stephen Adams, 30 minutes. Uh, tonight, 6-7 from the floor, 13 points. He had seven of the Thunder's first 11 points in this ball game coming out of the gate. Uh, he went one for four on his free throws as well as with 10 rebounds. So a nice little double-double there from Stephen. He's a guy that Thunder fans were very skeptical of the first 15-ish games of this season because he was really struggling. Took a little bit of a break, and now since he's came back, kind of looking like the old Stephen Adams. Yeah, I mean, just more good from Stephen Adams that we've seen, like, basically since that back-to-back, that weird back-to-back, or home-at-home, I should say, against the New Orleans Pelicans a few weeks ago, where that was when he unofficially was 100% healthy. I mean, no one really talked about it, but you could tell in terms of what the Thunder were trying to do with him aggressive, aggression-wise, getting him the ball early on offense, and then sustaining that throughout the game. He's looked 100%, quote-unquote, healthy since since that time, and he's played like it. I feel like... I feel like every game since then he's had double-digit points. Uh, he's looked sure of himself. He's looked much more comfortable at the free throw line. He hit the biggest free throw of his career sure. in that win Monday night against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, just more good from Stephen Adams. And when you've got a good, healthy Stephen Adams, it's good for the Thunder because they've shown that when they give him the ball, he can do something with it. No matter if it's coming from the corner or down on the post, he can do something with it, and it usually can be a positive. Yep. Shea Gilds Alexander, uh, the, uh, the fresh prince of Oklahoma City, uh, the incoming superstar that we're all expecting. 39 minutes, led the team in minutes yet again, as he does most nights here for the Thunder. 7 to 16 from the floor, 0 to 3 from the three point line, 6 to 6 from the free throw line. Nine rebounds total, which is a positive sign, two steals, and two blocks. He was a plus 14 on the night with 20 points. Shea, someone who I thought was a little passive in the first half. I thought he was trying to force-feed the ball to Nerlens Noel and Stephen Adams a little bit too much when he got into the lane instead of trying to shoot it himself. Looked a lot better in that second half, especially the third quarter. The scoring's great, all that. The shooting's great. I mean, 0 for 3 from the three-point line. I don't care about all that. 
All I care about is what Shea did at the end of the third and throughout the entire fourth quarter. He had two of those steals in the fourth quarter, and they were both big, the last one being probably the icing on the cake for the game. He got the steal in the open court past John Morant, finished at the rim, put the game away. Uh, he had a block on the corner on Solomon Hill, your favorite Solomon Hill. Uh, just that's, that's what I want to well, see. <laughs> I don't like Solomon Hill. I don't think he should be in the league. I just want to be. I don't want my name attached to that take. Should you be in the league over him? Well, no, that's not going too far. Well, I mean, come on now. I do look like Zach. Collins. You are six foot twelve. You're pretty tall. That's seven feet. Well, I know. I don't. I'm not here to math, Chiz. I'm here to talk basketball. Fair enough. Anyway, with Shea, that's what I've wanted to see out of him is making plays in winning time. Doesn't always have to be scoring. Doesn't always have to be getting to the free throw line, but make plays. And he's got God given length that. Most people would pray for when they're playing basketball. Sure. And he used it tonight. And uh, it's one of the first instances that I've seen, yeah, Shea really brought it in winning time. Yeah. One thing I will say that I would like to see out of Shea, and this is not a Shea thing, this is a coaching staff decision. Down the stretch of this ball game tonight, we saw Dennis Schroeder guarding John Morant. I would like to see Shea start guarding the best ball handler for the other team. Now, there's going to be some growing pains there. I, I think there's going to be some lessons learned. But up the road... Don't we all kind of think that's what Shea's role is going to be on some level? Definitely. Not not a majority of the game being the primary defender, but when it counts, being the guy who checks the other team's best player, he's kind of built for that. I'd like to see him start getting those opportunities. Tonight they gave it to Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder played very well against John Morant in the final few minutes defensively, but I'd like Shea to start getting that opportunity. Uh, all right, Chris Paul, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, I'm going to read you some stats from our uh, former colleague, Matt Ravis, who put he put out on Twitter uh, to give credit where credit is due. Chris Paul currently leads the team in offensive win shares, defensive win shares, OBPM, and VORP. I'm not going to get into the details of what else. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Victory over replacement player. That he is playing extremely good basketball. Generally, those stats go to people who are playing with the most usage and who are playing the most minutes. Currently, Chris Paul has the fourth highest usage on this team. It's incredible that he's leading the Thunder in all of these analytical stats while only being the fourth most used player on the Thunder roster. Chris Paul's been outstanding this season, and I don't think we've talked about it enough, especially these past few weeks. Played 31 minutes tonight, 6 of 10 from the floor, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 1 of 2 from the arc. He had five rebound, or four rebounds, 5 assists, and 18 points tonight. Chris, again, in a different fashion, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Brady, closed this game for the Thunder. All those pretty stats, Chisholm. And he was a minus 18. <laughs> yeah, it can be misleading. Plus minus is awesome, isn't it? No, um, Chris Paul, I think he's found a really good I, I, He's found a good niche in the chemistry of this team. And it was going to be a challenge. I thought it was going to be a challenge going into the season, just like I'm sure everybody else did. You've got three primary ball handlers. How does that work? Like, How do you find who's the hot hand? It's not as simple as it sounds. But over the last two or three weeks or so, maybe even going back to the New Orleans game on the road where Chris Paul won them that game in the, late in the fourth quarter, and he described, like, I'm just out here trying to make plays in winning time. That's what he did. Chris Paul is just starting to attack offensively at the ends of halves. Like, he's just picking his battles. And he's such an efficient assassin in the half court that if he can just say, I don't have to do anything except get Shea going, get Dennis going, get Terrence some open looks, get Steven some good looks down low, and then I can go to work. Sure. When you've got that type of cerebral understanding of the game of basketball, and just Chris Paul can be one of the – he's a top 25 player when he's on. Like I, I think – is that a hot take? I think I mean, he's a top maybe 25 Maybe a little player. bit. Maybe he's, a little he's a top 25 guy, man. Come on now. I'll have to make a list. You better I'll check. have to actually look at a list. You better check it twice. It, he's close. I just don't want to guarantee that. Okay, well, whatever he may be ranked, 26 or whatever on that list, 
you got a type, you got a, a personality like that, it, it can only do good for your offense. And over the last few weeks, and especially these last two games, which I don't know if you saw this stat, but you know, shout out to the Thunder, they put this out. The Thunder are the only team uh, to come back from back-to-back 20-plus point deficits or 24-point deficit deficits in the last 20 years. That can either be a really good thing or a really bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Again, it's a combined record of 20 and 34 between, against the two teams they just beat. But, hey, Chris Paul, he had his fingerprints all over it, offensively and he defensively. He did. Uh, one more guy, and then we're going to do our player of the game here for the uh, Thunder First Take post game show. You can always give us a text, 8474, type the word text to space and your message. We'd love to hear from you. As well as on Twitter, at Jism Holland, at Brady Does Sports. Last starter, and I saved him for last for a reason, Terrence Ferguson. He's playing small forward for this team in the starting lineup. He played 26 minutes tonight. One of three from the floor. One of three from the three-point line. One rebound, two assists, five personal fouls, three points. Give me your thoughts on Terrence first because, obviously, Brady, as you know, I have some thoughts on the game yeah. Terrence played tonight. Well, I'll go back to Monday. He was four of seven from the field, and I believe they were all three-point three point attempts. I love that, not just because he hit four three-pointers, not just because he took three-pointers, but because he took shots. My thing with Terrence, if you're going to be out there, you need to be aggressive when you the few instances you get the ball in your hands. I mean, tonight, one of three, That's I, I don't like it. But at the same time, and this kind of segues into what you're going to talk about, so I'm just going to go ahead and give you the floor because I mean, you and I are of one mind on this. Terrence plays a role in this team. Now, there's some people out there who, in a game like this, will sit here and tell you, man, Terrence doesn't need to play at all. He, 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 that's not true. Terrence has a role on the Thunder. This was not the game for him. Terrence is a great defender, but Terrence is not a great on-the-ball defender. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy who's going to shut down, in this case, John Morant, or insert ball handler here. He's the guy who's going to chase Bradley Beal around screens. He's the guy who's going to chase Clay Thompson around screens or C.J. McCollum around screens. And he's going to do it just about as well as anybody in the league. J.J. Redick, he's built for those players. That's an extremely valuable resource. But when you're playing a team like this who doesn't have that guy and you're putting him on a John Morant, and Terrence played better, I would say, in the fourth quarter, but for the first three it was pretty rough. Jaw was getting to the rim anytime he wanted, and to Terrence's benefit, Stephen Adams was bailing him out of a lot of bad, a lot of bad defensive possessions for Terrence Ferguson, and it just became glaring that Terrence only makes sense to be on the floor for this Thunder team when he's playing valuable defense, and he wasn't doing that tonight because on the offensive end, he's a zero right now. Yeah, we thought that Terrence was going to take steps forward, and he very well may, may at some point in the season, but up until this point. He's playing the exact same way offensively this year with what I would say is a little bit more of a fluid offense than last year with what was a ball-dominant offense. He's the same guy. And it's a lot more, whenever you're just parked in the corner because Russell Westbrook and Paul George are isolating, that makes sense. When you're just parked in a corner and refusing to move, you become a hindrance to this offense with Chris Paul, with Shea Gilders Alexander, with Dennis Schroeder. They need guys who can dribble, who can pass, who can move. Terrence hasn't shown the ability to do any of that, and I would say he's a net negative on offense, and tonight he was not making up for it on defense. I think we should have seen Terrence down closer to that 18-minute mark. This is the game that it became very evident they missed Hamadou Diallo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly frustrating on the offensive end because Terrence Ferguson is a supreme athlete. He should be cutting on the baseline every second that his defender falls asleep. And it's probably going to happen a lot because, just like you said, if you're just going to park yourself in the corner and you're Terrence Ferguson, you're not helping out Chris Paul. Why? Because your defender doesn't fear you because they don't think that you're A, either going to shoot, 
B, even going to get the ball, or C, if you do shoot it, you're probably going to miss because Terrence Ferguson hasn't shown to be that consistent of, of a three-point shooter. But you even go back to the defensive side of the basketball, which is, should be his forte. Um, it was interesting. You asked me during the game uh, if I've looked at any any of his defensive metrics. I actually checked out his defensive rating two or three days ago, and oh my goodness, I was surprised how bad it was. Yeah. And it, it didn't matter what lineup it was with. It That's was right. all bad. And Eric Horn from The Athletic actually asked Billy Donovan about the defensive rating of Terrence Ferguson prior to the game, and Billy just went to, well, I need to see like what other players are on the floor, and I just really wanted to butt in, like, it ain't good. It just ain't good. Seriously. And I think I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier. I want to see Shea Gillis-Alexander on the primary ball handler of the other team. I want to see that, too, because I think philosophically, if you get Shea to a point where he can be that type of player on both ends of the floor, philosophically, the franchise could then move towards, okay, we don't have to get the one-sided elite ball stopper on defense like right. you had with Tabo Cephalosha, Andre Robertson, and now what they're trying to do with Terrence Ferguson. If you turn Shea Gillis-Alexander into that, you can then have the two-guard actually be a two-guard a two-way player at the same time. So that's something I've wanted to see, but Shea still an extent. He, this is his extended rookie season. It, it's going to, if it happens, it's going to be some time. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm really starting to worry about what Terrence's ceiling is. It felt higher than this. And I mean, it's 30 games. I'm not going to totally overreact, but we're getting we've, to, three years. Like, we, like you have an idea. Like I guess this is more of an idea. I guess we all kind of thought, that some of these players were being very limited based off the system and based off the guys who were on the, they were on the floor with. And it felt like Terrence was one of those guys. It felt like if he wasn't playing with Russell, if he wasn't playing with Paul George, maybe he could do more. It doesn't look like he can. And I don't know if that's because he played the same way for two straight seasons and he's having trouble adjusting to a new style of play. I'm not sure. But it felt like there was more to Terrence Ferguson's game, and in reality... It feels like this just might be who he is. And it's it's a fine NBA player. He deserves to have a contract. He deserves to be playing in the league. And as I said, he's a great off-the-ball defender. He has a spot on an NBA roster for a reason. He's helpful. Yeah. But it feels like his ceiling is a little bit lower. It's going to be interesting um, if and when Hamadou Diallo is able to return because, like you said earlier, like it makes me kind of miss Hamadou Diallo too because this was I, a game he would have been very helpful in. Yeah, and I think it's it's fair to like you got to be fair and say, well, Hami has a lot of ground to cover offensively in his own right. I mean, the <laughs> the jump shot is what it is. Uh, he's inconsistent in terms of his ball handling, but he has made vast improvements. He's made so he's made such an improvement from the things that he you know struggled with last season. In my opinion, more so than any improvements that I've seen with Terrence Ferguson on the offensive end, other than okay, he's a, he can be a little bit more on the streaky side, which is a far cry from his rookie season where he was just just a bad shooter. So it's like you want to be a streaky shooter, then you want to become a consistent shooter. So there was an improvement made in that right, Hami. He made vast improvements from his rookie season, so it gives me more hope that if he gets more opportunities to yeah. either go up against the primary ball handler or get a little bit more opportunities offensively, I have more hope in the ceiling of Hamdou Diallo than I do with Terrence Ferguson going in his third year. And it, it, It's sad to say, but like you said, Terrence is still a, a fine player. It's just I don't know if he's what the Thunder are wishing him to be in the same vein of a Tabo Cephalosha and an Andre Robertson. This is the Thunder First Day Postgame Show. That's Brady Trantham. My name is Chisholm Holland. We are live from Flint underneath the Cole Court Hotel. We'll be here for about two more segments, all the way up until about 9.30, recapping this game. But it's my favorite segment of every postgame show. It's time for the Player of the Game. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. 
Brady Trantham, who yep. is the Thunder player of the game? Oh, man. The easy answer is Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. And if you say Dennis Schroeder, like, I'm not going to disagree with you. But those three turnovers in the fourth quarter, I just didn't like them. I didn't like them at all because I think, I feel like each turnover really was, it was during a point in the game where if they just take care of the basketball, score, they can ice the game right there. Sure. And the third turnover came with about 25 seconds left. They were up two scores. And it, I'm just thinking, if the Thunder lose, this is going to be, this is what we're going to point at. So for that, I'm just going to not, I'm not going to pick Dennis Schroeder. I'm going to go uh, Shea Giddles Alexander for the reasons that I spoke of earlier. He made big defensive plays in the fourth quarter when the Thunder absolutely needed him. And that's what I've wanted to see out of Shea all season. He finally got to do, he finally got to showcase a little bit of that in, from his game. Matt, Matt Burton is back in studio in the uh, the franchise studios up there. I know you were doing late night fantasy. I don't know how much of this game you watch, Matt. The bad part. But if you I had a vote, part. you watch the bad part. <laughs> okay, perfect. If, if you had a vote in this one, who would you say is the Thunder player of the game? Uh, as much as it pains me to say, because he has brought great pain upon my family, uh, it would have to be Dennis Schroeder. It would have to be Dennis Schroeder. I mean, ten for eleven from the free throw line, ten for nineteen from the field. I mean. Only one for five from the three-point line, but I mean, when Dennis gets his shot, when when his, he's hitting his outside shot consistently, uh, he's dangerous. He is the Thunder X factor because he is so quick. He can go by guys at any time, and if they have to respect that outside shot, I mean, it, it's just pick your poison at that point. I'm going to go ahead and go with a little bit of a... First off, Dennis Schroeder is the correct answer. I have no problem with Shea Gildas-Alexander in this one either. I'm just going to spotlight a player who we haven't talked a whole lot about. We probably won't, but deserves a ton of credit for how well he's played for the past few weeks. That's Nerlens Noel. Oh, yeah. Nerlens Noel has been really, really good for this team off the bench. And in certain stretches, he looks better than Steven Adams. But he's now playing at a level that has made Billy Donovan comfortable enough where Steven is averaging about that 30-minute mark. And Nerlens Noel is up there at the 1820. It's it's making this team function a little bit better with how well Nerlens is playing. He only played 10 or he only played 18 minutes tonight, but he had 10 points, three rebounds, one assist. He was all over the place offensively, yeah. and he was catching a lot of lobs. And it seems like him and Dennis Schroeder are getting that two man game figured out. Yeah, and unfortunately with Nerlens Noel, that's kind of the thing I've thought of him ever since he was a rookie with Philadelphia is. Like you just said, he's all over the place, and that most of the time is a good thing for him. Sometimes it's a bad thing, and last season that's all Billy would complain about. It was just he, he would never. He's not a coach that will throw an individual player under the bus, but he'll say things like, "Yeah, we just we left our guys going for blocks way too often." And he'd say that in losses. I, I'll never forget the Denver loss on the road where the Thunder came back from twenty and. All they had to do was make a few stops. Nerlens Noel left his man so many times to go for a block, sure. and then they would just backdoor, boom, layup, easy. So <laughs> the more I think about it, um, Nerlens Noel has made improvements this season just in that in that respect. So uh, kudos to him. Uh, but like you said, the last few weeks he's really become just a force off the bench. And I think we all kind of have this idea that Nerlens is he could start – you know, for maybe a few teams at the bottom of the league, he's he's a starting level center in the league. Yeah. Uh, but he's certainly playing like that title last few weeks. 
For sure. This is the Thunder First Take postgame show. As I said, we are in Flint, underneath the Cole Court Hotel. Come down here and see us. It's a great place before or after the grain to grab game to grab a drink, grab some awesome food that we have the pleasure of eating here every single time the Thunder play a home game. It is worth the drive. Awesome service. Uh, the managers here will take great care of you as well as the wait staff and the bartender. So come down here to Flint, grab a drink, tell them the franchise sent you for sure. When we get back, we're going to go around the association here on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Thunder First Day Postgame Show, Chisholm Hall, Brady Trantham Yo. in Flint underneath the Cold Core Hotel. Right here on Sheridan, just uh, as the people in my hometown would call it, Caddy Corner oh. to the arena. Shout so out come, Marlo. Shout out Marlo, Oklahoma. So you can come down here, enjoy a great beverage, uh, awesome food as well. Tonight I had the salmon with the, uh, they called Flint macaroni and cheese. I was unsure of what made it Flint macaroni and cheese as opposed to just normal macaroni and cheese. Let me tell you, there are some special ingredients. I'm not going to ruin the surprise for people. Chisholm is a macaroni and cheese fiend. I enjoy mac. I enjoy a good noodle and some cheese. Yeah, I enjoy some good noodle and cheeses. It's a it's a dish that if you don't like it, what's wrong with you? You can just who get hates out. macaroni and cheese? Well, probably people that are I guess lactose intolerant. Probably. Uh, this is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show, though. If you want to weigh in on the conversation, you are more than welcome at eight eight four seven four. Type the word text to space and your message. Eight eight four seven four. Type the word text, a space, and your message. Or re- also reach out to us on Twitter, at Brady Does Sports, at Chisholm Holland, and at Matt underscore Burton 22. Correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm getting so good at this. Give us all a shout. Give us all a little bit of love and a follow. We'd appreciate that very highly here on the Thunder First Day Postgame Show. But as we do every single time, we got to go around the association. Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. All right, handful of games going on right now around the league. This outcome a little bit interesting because as December 15th bell told a few days ago, the trade market did open and this team might be a little aggressive, especially after finding themselves in another loss. New Orleans Pelicans go on the road to Minnesota and get a 107-99 victory. Minnesota, a team that was hot early in the year, thought they maybe had an outside chance of the playoffs, now find themselves at 10-16. and It's like they remembered Andrew Wiggins is their best player. Andrew Wiggins had 27-7 and tonight. Uh, first off, did you just hint that Andrew Wiggins is better than Cat? Oh, well, I mean, the Timberwolves think so, or they want it to be. Maybe so. Uh, Brandon Ingram had 34 points, probably the best free agent, restricted free agent, who's going to be on the market this summer, Brandon Ingram, for the New Orleans Pelicans. They find their seventh win on the year. Toronto Raptors, the defending champs, having a little bit of a surprise season at 19-8 and after getting a 112-99 victory over the Detroit Pistons, who are 11-17. Serge Ibaka led the way for the Raptors with 25 points, 13 rebounds. Andre Drummond. 22 and 18, also a free agent this summer. Maybe one of the marquee names who might be going somewhere else. Shout out Masai Ujiri. Just shout out. Just, I mean, that's all you have to say about I that mean, game. Is shout out think Masai about, Ujiri. Think about it. You trade for Kawhi Leonard. You get yourself a title. He he walks. Oh, that that sucks. I mean, you get the title, but oh, what do you what do you do? What are you gonna do? Oh, they've got Pascal Siakam. Like they'll be fine. They're set. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so moving on, we have the Miami Heat, who are 20-8 and on the year <laughs> after getting a 108-104 to victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. This game was played in Philadelphia. This is a good road win for the Heat. Bam Adebayo, who has been as hot as just about any player in the league the past few weeks, at 23-9-5 and tonight, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Joel Embiid. 22 points, 19 rebounds, 3 assists in this one, but just not enough to get the 76ers over the hump. 
I think that puts Miami now in the second, second seed. seed. They're the second seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn continues his Rookie of the Year campaign, 26 points, 5 assists, uh, just Balanced scoring and balanced young scoring from the Miami Heat. I don't think I'd ever be able to say that outside of Dwayne Wade's rookie contract here. Bobby Marks put out a tweet earlier that Miami was on the floor with a 19-point lead against Philadelphia with two rookies and three minimum salary guys. I mean, they it, they, they, they put together a pretty good roster with just bare bones. Like, that yeah. goes so against what Pat Riley has been doing for the last decade or so with the Miami Heat. He just wants to get vets, all-stars to come to South Beach. He got Jimmy Butler to go there, but... Yeah, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, a lot of young talent out for the Miami Heat. Exciting. All right, the Charlotte Hornets went on the road to the Cleveland Cavaliers and gave Cleveland their seventh win of the year, 198. Cleveland now finds themselves, oh yeah, still at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. But don't worry, Kevin Love had 16 and 14 and 7 assists in the victory here tonight at home. Terry Rozier, the point guard for the Charlotte Hornets, who was a, a part of a sign-in trade with Boston, this in Kemba Walker to the Celtics, had 35-3-2 in the loss. So Charlotte now finds themselves at 13-18. and 18. Another team I would circle and watch as the trade season begins to kick off because they're a little bit better than they probably thought they were going to be. And I think making the playoffs would mean a whole lot for that franchise. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. I mean, it's important to some people. I really am curious how most fans for the Thunder feel right now. I mean, considering how exciting these last two games have been, playoffs could be on other people's minds. But it's it's interesting to like jump from fan base to fan base. Like, what a playoff uh, a season would mean for you. Sure. Chicago Bulls get a victory in overtime over the Washington Wizards, one ten to one oh nine on the road. Bulls now eleven and nineteen on the season. The Wizards are eight and eighteen. Laurie Marketing led the way for the Bulls with thirty one points, nine rebounds, one assist. Davis Bertans is a name that I would tell everybody to circle who follows the NBA closely. He had 26 points tonight. Seven of those were three-pointers. He's been shooting the lights out of the gym since he's arrived in Washington. The former Spur had 26-7 and one assist tonight for the Wizards in the loss. Thunder fans should know who Davis Bertans is. That's true. He made, like, what? He was 14 of... 10 from the three-point line last year against them. That's impressive. It's and impressive to make 14 is, shots on 10 attempts. Is the Wizards lost the Thunder's worst loss of the season? It was at home. Probably. It was their loss. Yeah, Probably. that is definitely their worst loss. All right, the Orlando Magic are currently still in play against the Denver Nuggets. 429 left in the fourth quarter here. Magic 96, Denver 98. That game is in Denver. That would be a shocking upset if the Magic can find a way to get that victory. The Boston Celtics are also still currently in action against the Dallas Mavericks, who some people would say is a surprising team early in this NBA season. 631 left in the third quarter. Boston trailing the Mavericks 60-68 to in Dallas. Jalen Brown. New signee after his contract extension this summer has 18 and three. Kristaps Porzingis, without Luka Doncic, is still leading the Mavericks in a victory right now at 20 points and 11 rebounds. And finally, bringing up the tail end of the nightcap game, the Golden State Warriors 63, the Portland Trailblazers at home 65. D'Angelo Russell has 18 and two in this one. Damian Lillard also has 18 points and five rebounds, and that one is nearing halftime. Two teams that we didn't think were going to be this bad. I mean, Truly. I mean, Golden State, we all had an idea like they could tank if they wanted to, but it's, this was supposed to be the Steph Curry like takeover year. That, of course, didn't happen, unfortunately, broken hand. But Portland, what in the name of all that is holy is going on with you? I don't know. Again, I would tell Thunder fans to circle the name Portland Trailblazers because I think that Portland knows that this season might be a little bit of a lost cause. And the oh, reason yeah. I'm telling them to, th- to circle them is not because I think a trade is imminent. It's because I think everyone is going to tell you a trade is imminent 
but I don't actually see it. I think Portland might not be as active as people are anticipating because I think they know they might have already dug themselves a hole they can't get out of without Yusuf Nurkic. Especially with the player that's always connected between the Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers, why would they go after if they? I would agree with that. If, if this season is a lost cause, why would they go after a rental? Sure. All right. Uh, this is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show, and that was your Around the Association segment. And, again, just as a reminder, Oklahoma City did get the victory 126-122 to 122 after trailing 24 in the third quarter. And this one, Oklahoma City rallies to get the victory despite Jonas Valanciunas for the Memphis Grizzlies having 24-9, and nine, despite Brandon Clark coming off the bench, having a 27-monster point performance. Uh, 13 of 19 shooting for the Grizzlies, as well as an awesome John Morant game, who was 9 of 16 from the floor and had 22 points. But this is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. We got one more segment on the other side of this timeout, so keep it locked right here on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Thunder First Take Post Game Show, Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham here underneath the Colt Court Hotel at the Flint Restaurant. I've, got a, I've actually got a question. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's, who's, this, who's, what's this band's name? The Sale. Sale. What's the band's name? That's a that's a great question for Matt Burton. Burton. Uh, Tell AWOL, me. right? right? AWOL. Is that right? Are they rock? I that's no your idea. question. To yeah. be honest, I didn't actually choose the bumper. Stations. This is just a random franchise bumper music, so whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I'm just know. disappointed that's where you took it. Well, I mean, goodness, it, it, it applied. I'm frustrated, Chisholm. You know who also might be thrust, frustrated? The Memphis Grizzlies, who had a 24-point lead in the third quarter but still found the loss column tonight oh. after Oklahoma City crawled back thanks to a monstrous performance in the second half from Dennis Schroeder as well as Shea Gilders-Alexander helping lead the Thunder to a 126-122 victory over those dreaded Grizzlies. I know we talked a little bit about all of the players tonight, and we've also mentioned a handful of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies here. One thing I will say that is starting to really become evident, and he's starting to get the credit he deserves online, because Twitter.com can be a little mean sometimes. He's starting to get the credit he deserves, but we don't talk nearly enough about it on the air. That's Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan has done an incredible job with this team this year, Brady. No question, and that's something that we all kind of circle going into the season. Okay, Billy Donovan's on the final year of his contract. What lame duck th- coach? Yeah, what is he going to th- make it all the way through the what year? What do the Thunder think is going to happen with him moving forward? And a, a lot of fans have their opinions about Billy Donovan, and I'm not here to say that you're right or wrong because the Thunder have come up short in the last two seasons, according to expectations of those seasons, and uh, certainly my expectations as well. Uh, and Billy Donovan was a part of that uh, process. So, at the same time, going into this season. You could probably argue, like we just kind of argued a few a segment ago about where Chris Paul ranks in the echelon of the NBA. Like, is he a top 25 player? Where is he? I don't know. But you could probably safely say that he believes that he's an alpha, much like Russell Westbrook does. When Chris Paul goes on the floor, he thinks he's the best player on the floor. Right or wrong, that's what he believes. But at the same time, he has a more he has a personality that is more willing to listen and understand and be a part of a system. Whereas, whereas opposed to a guy like Russell Westbrook, wants to do it his way. Now, I'm not going to say that that's right or wrong either because Russell Westbrook became one of the best players to ever play basketball because he was so stubborn. So it doesn't matter what you think if that's right or wrong, but you're seeing it with Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, whatever he's trying to sell this team, it's trickling down to Chris Paul, the leader of this team. It's trickling down to Steven Adams, the other leader on this team. It's trickling down to everybody, and everybody's running a system. So even games where the Thunder are losing, you have an idea of what they're trying to do 
trying to do. And a lot of times they're accomplishing it. It's just a lot of the times they don't have that guy like a Russell Westbrook to save them when their offense stagnates. It's not always going to be Chris Paul. It's not going to be Shea Gittles Alexander a lot because he's still young. Uh, so a lot of this comes from coaching. And thus far, almost 30 games in the season, Billy Dahlman, you've got to give him an A. Despite what you may think if you have negative opinions about him, he has shown to be a very good NBA coach so far this season. Absolutely. Now, you can't do this a whole lot in the league when it comes to trades because they're normally not this simple. There was draft picks involved, but in reality, the Thunder just essentially swapped Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. I mean, as far as the roster that was affected for this year, that was the only change. Would the Thunder have a better record, worse record, or the same record, Russell Westbrook on this team, as opposed to Chris Paul? Oh, man, that is so hard. Because... A lot of these games that the Thunder have lost in the beginning of the year, my, the complaint was, well, they just don't have that guy that they can dump the ball off to when their offense stagnates to go get them buckets. Like, Chris Paul can't do that all the time. He's he's old, and he basically doesn't want to play basketball that way. There were some instances where if they had a Russell Westbrook, they might have won because Russell is that good to get buckets in certain uh, situations in the game. At the same time, you could also argue, well, they wouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. They might have been blown out because Russell shot them out of the game early on. Mm -hmm. Um, With the way Russell's playing in Houston right now, where he's a lot of the times a net net negative player on the floor in Houston. Most of the times. Most of the time. And, you know, this is the ideal situation for Russell that we've all wanted to see. Like, get him onto a team with shooters so this floor is space and he can go to work. Hasn't quite worked just yet. James Harden is still so good that they're winning games despite it. But. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to turn this into Chris Paul better than Russ, Russ better than Chris. Um, the Thunder are where they are because of Chris Paul, and our expecta- according to our expectations, it's a it's a welcome surprise. If they were here with Russell Westbrook, you know, 500, we might not look at this with as, wow, that was lovely. This has been a good start to the season for the Thunder. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and answer the question this way. I don't think Chris Paul's a better player than Russell Westbrook. No, I don't either. But... I think Chris Paul's a better fit for this team. Yeah, he like there is something to be said about being a you know team basketball player. It is a team sport, and you know we get caught up when we talk about basketball, especially the NBA, that you need stars, and you certainly need stars to win championships. I think that's fairly clear. Are we sure? Oh yeah, just ask the Raptors. Um, you need stars to win to win championships, but it still is technically a team sport. And when you've got guys that are willing to play as a team to play on a rope, um, it, it helps decrease your margin for error, or increase your margin for error, excuse me. So um, the Thunder, who already don't have that large of a margin of error because they do, while they are kind of sneaky talented and sneaky deep, there's still a lot of flaws offensively with this team. But because they play so well together and because they play well in a system that they're willing to buy into, they make the least amount of mistakes they possibly can given what they are, a middle-of-the-pack NBA team. This is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. That's the voice of Brady Trantham. We also have Matt Burton back in the studio, as well as myself, Chisholm Holland. That's at Brady Sports, at Matt underscore Burton 22, and at Chisholm Holland here at the franchise. And we appreciate you uh, listening to us on your way home from this Thunder victory, which I'm sure came as a little bit of a surprise after they trailed by 24 points in the third quarter to get the 124-120 to victory tonight over the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, let's look forward at the upcoming schedule for this Oklahoma City team, and then we'll put a bow on this game and sign off here from Flint underneath the Cold Court Hotel. Next game on Friday night, another home game. A lot, of, a lot of home games in a row here, actually five. This is going to be the third of that five-game homestand. The Phoenix Suns coming to town on a Friday night, Brady. 
Yes, um, and actually, Devin Booker, I don't know if he's going to be able to play. He's listed his day-to-day right now. Um, didn't play Tuesday night against the Clippers, according to basketballreference.com. Um, that's going to be interesting because this is this is an important game. If, if you're one of the fans that want the Thunder in the playoffs, this is going to be a pivotal matchup because the Thunder are going to be fighting the Phoenix Suns. As long as they kind of keep up this trajectory that they're currently on and they don't fall off, Thunder are going to be battling teams like Phoenix, Minnesota, Sacramento for the final two spots in the Western Conference. So you want to gobble up wins as much as possible against them. Uh, it's, it's, I don't think we could, we'd have ever been able to say in the last five or six seasons, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, big game, but it certainly is going to be that. But Phoenix, do your homework. If you find yourself with a 20-plus point lead, don't feel safe. <laughs> do not feel safe. In fact, the Thunder have put you where they want you. They've got you right where they want you if they're trailing by 20 at home. In the third quarter, for sure. All right, after that, the Sunday afternoon game. That game tips off at 6 p.m. The Los Angeles Clippers are coming to town versus this Oklahoma City team. Is our boy Kawhi Leonard going to play? Do we ever know? That is a good question. I want to see I want to see Kawhi Paul George against this Thunder team because I think we were all a little surprised that the Thunder played so well in that first game a few weeks ago on the road against the, uh, against the Clippers. Paul George did play in that game. It came down to... Uh, what I remember people were complaining about a controversial call on Danilo Gallinari that cost the Thunder a chance to, I believe, either tie or take the lead. I can't remember what the exact score was, but it was one of those games where it's like, oh man, those Thunder players, they're, they're so, they're so good. They got so much grit and they hustle and they had a chance to win. That, that's all you can ask for with how the expectations have gone going into the season. But, um, it's, it's gonna be a fun game. Paul George's return. I am really interested to see how the fan base reacts to him. I don't know if he was here long enough to be booed. I think he's going to be booed, but I don't know if he necessarily. You think just, so? I don't know if he, cause it's the easy thing to do. It's gonna be a hot ticket in town. It's gonna be a Sunday night, six o'clock. I love those Sunday night, six o'clock tip offs for whatever reason. It's such a great atmosphere for basketball, and the weather typically is pretty nice, and it should be nice that day. But um, I just, I, I don't, I don't think he deserves the booing for a plethora of reasons, and one of the easiest ones is he just wasn't here long enough. Kevin Durant, I get. Uh, Paul George, he was, he chose to stay here technically for a year, and then he, then he bailed. But he got you Shea Gillis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, and some draft picks. All right, the Memphis Grizzlies follow on that Thursday. Nice little three-day break there for Oklahoma City after the Clippers game. They find themselves the day after Christmas playing this same team again at home, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, this five-game homestand, uh, you, you just look at the layout of it. You're probably going to chop chop up the uh, Clippers game. All right, that's going to be an L. So you have to take care of business against the Memphises, against the Phoenixes. Well, I mean, Phoenix technically is up there in the playoff race, so that's not a gimme game like Chicago should have been and this Memphis game should have been. I mean, the Thunder had to scratch, claw, and fight for the victory up until the last few seconds of these games. But you just hope against Memphis you clean up some stuff. Maybe Terrence Ferguson cleans up a little um, a little bit more on the de- defensive end of the ball. Um just don't let Jaw and Brandon Clark go to work. If that's the case, then maybe the Thunder don't have to claw back from a 24-point deficit to come back and beat the, what What are they, 10 and 18 now, Memphis Grizzlies? Exactly. It's exciting, and any win in the NBA is a good win. But my goodness, you can't keep doing this forever. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets on the road is Friday, December 27th. Uh, also a winnable game. Charlotte a little bit better than people thought coming into the year, but definitely still a bottom dweller in the NBA. 
That's another easy. That's what I would assume is another very winnable game for OKC. Yeah, no Nicholas Batum for that one. Even though, frankly, I'm surprised. Oh, no Nick Batum. Yeah, frankly, I'm surprised he's still in the league because I mean he's still hemorrhaging <laughs> like money from Charlotte from the 2016 offseason where everybody got paid. Timothy Mozgov still getting paid. Um, again, this is a good part of the Thunder schedule for them to gobble up some wins. These, like I, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Chisholm. It's we're to the point of the year. According to what we've seen out of this team so far, these are games that we're going to go into and say, you know what, the Thunder need and should win this game, and if they don't, it's disappointing because we've seen how what they're capable of, and if they don't do it, then it's disappointing. We're creeping into expectations, Chisholm. It's a dangerous thing because that, along with that comes hope. Hope right. is a dangerous thing. So here you go. I'm going to put you on the spot. Thunder are currently 13-14 and 14 on the season. They play Phoenix, Clippers, Memphis, at Charlotte, at Toronto, Dallas, to close out this year, that is one, two, three, four, five, six games between now and New Year's. Our Thunder over five hundred when we start twenty twenty. I think so. Me too. Yeah. I mean, just the, the next handful of games, they should be able to give themselves a nice little cushion. But again, once we start creeping into expectations, maybe the opposite happens, where we didn't have expectations and they surprise us, and now you start to have those expectations and then they surprise you in the negative way. So who knows? Well, there you go. And there's Brady raining on your parade. But I, this has been I'm the, sorry. This is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. That's Brady Trantham. My name is Chisholm Holland. And Matt Burton back in studio. Matt, we appreciate you being the soldier that you are every single Thunder First Take Post Game Show. And we appreciate you hanging out with us as always. Brady, thank you for everything that you do in your coverage on thefranchiseok.com where we can find all of your great work as well as the OKC82 podcast. And for me... I appreciate them letting me show up every single day. But this has been the Third Day First Take Post Game Show live from Flint Restaurant underneath the Colt Court Hotel as we are every single Thunder home game. Make sure you come see these guys and do everything you possibly can to support them, support people who support us. We appreciate it. But until Friday, we'll be signing off. So keep it locked right here on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa.